this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious Lord, we know that you wait on us. You are so patient and you are kind. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that that is what leads us back to you. It's your kindness and your patience. Gracious Lord, we ask that you continue to speak to us as you already have in the service. Give us ears to hear and hearts that would be courageous to follow you wherever it is you're calling us to stay. For it is in your name we pray. Amen and amen. The series in Lent was titled Through the Valley. I'm not sure who came up with that, but it's speaking more and more truth each and every day. This morning, uh, we thought we'd do something a little different, uh, especially since there's at least three of us here that are part of the pastoral team that do some regular preaching. And and so I'm going to walk this way and and join them at a table and explain what we're going to attempt to do (laughs) at least by two o'clock, because that's normally how long it takes for us. At least. See, what, what happens every Wednesday... Thank you for that. <laughs> what happens uh, every Wednesday about 1.30, we get back from lunch, and we sit down and we do a Bible study. And uh, it's sort of like this. Carol sits on my left, Chad's right next to her, and then Brian Copeland is here, and, and Teddy's here. And, and we sort of look at what's happening five weeks out, and we have a Bible, literally a Bible study. So it's always fun because... Chad and Teddy are looking at the original text, the King James Version. Uh, no, 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 that would be the Greek and the Hebrew. Uh, uh, Carol has a wonderful pastoral heart, so she's always looking at this from a pastoral. Not what does that, that mean? Not that, you're, not that you're not pastoral, Chad, at all. Um, and then Brian Copeland, he, he's sort of new to the group since he, he's going to be um, what, uh, taking over when Teddy leaves in, in the, the Raisley for Spain. Brian has a real, I, he has a, a mind spatially, kind of puts things together. And then I sit at the end of the table because it's my office. And what are they going to do? I've been appointed by the bishop, so I can be there. So, yeah. You that, ask questions. I do ask questions and normally sit down and, and take notes. So, we like to ask questions about what's going on in the text. And so, we thought we would do that for a few minutes this morning and see how this goes. And don't go get something to drink just yet. Just hang in there with us for a little bit. But I think one of the questions for me that can come through quickly is the beginning of our passage this morning. Something's going on. Jesus, did you catch, did you catch it? Jesus is, is being confronted in Jerusalem. And, and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they're, they're basically out to get him. And rather than run into that conflict, Jesus hightails it out of Jerusalem. I mean, literally, Jesus moves and runs from Jerusalem. And I'm like, the Marines, our first responders, their first instinct is run toward the conflict. And all of a sudden, Jesus is like, it's getting really difficult in here. Things, yeah. things see, and I'm, I'm out here. I'm going home, literally going home. And so I've got to ask. I mean, is is Jesus? Is it a lack of faith? Surely not. Really. <laughs> Good. I think that's yeah, the, so that's glad, the answer. I'm so glad you answered that way. <laughs> yeah. Is it fear? 
I, I would be a little bit concerned if the religious leaders were all out to get me. He's like the god of the universe. If, if firefighters running, why is the god of the universe running away? I, that that exactly right. But it, it's right there in the text. I mean, he, he's leaving this conflict. He's going somewhere else. Matter of fact, he's going home. And there must be something else going on there that it may be not his time. And um, I'm just, this week it's really hit me. There's been a lot that's been made around about not being fearful and being faithful. And look at what Jesus does. Jesus realizes that there is so much more to the story than running into a conflict that evidently it wasn't the time. That there was more and better things for him to be doing. And part of why we're sitting here in an empty sanctuary this morning is because we realize it's not about fear. It's not about faith. It really is about being good stewards of the life that God has given us. And so our commitment is always to this common good and to, to the people that we're around. And I think that's where Jesus was going on this. I, I put in the notes this morning that, uh, that Jesus, if, if you haven't already pulled them up online, you can do that. But Jesus in Matthew 18 says this, What do you think if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray? Does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. What a great image. Jesus leaving the mountain of Jerusalem where the 99 are. And he's about to make his way home. And on his way home, he has to go through Samaria and he meets someone else who's running. He does. And um, it's crazy. That at, at that same time that Jesus is running, so is this woman that we meet today. And um, as I looked at the text, I sat there and I thought, why a well? Why is it a well where they meet? And, and throughout scripture, we see these incredible interactions that take place at a well. Um, we see that in Genesis 24, Abraham's servant meets Rebekah. Um, Abraham has sent his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac, and, and he meets this woman, Rebecca, and everything that Abraham said needs to take place, takes place. And this happens at a well. In Genesis 29, Jacob meets his future wife, Rachel, at a well. In Exodus 2, we see where Moses meets Zipporah and gets taken into her family, and she becomes his wife. And here we are at a well today. We're at a well, and and I, I just paused in this moment of scripture because two weeks ago we looked at the temptation of Jesus and how um, Jesus is very human. Our, our Lord and Savior came and, and took on full humanity, took on full flesh, and became like us. And he knows everything we're going through. I, I sit here and think about Jesus sitting here with us this week and... and um, the anxiety and the fears that have crept in and Jesus saying, I get that. I feel those things with you. Um, and so, and here's Jesus. He has been leaving. He's fleeing. He's running. He's tired. He's thirsty. It is hot. It is, it is the middle of the day. Last week we saw Nicodemus come at night. This week we are in the, the heat of the noonday sun and Jesus is thirsty. And he's tired. Those very real human experiences that each of us feel all the time. 
And so he sits down to rest. He sits down to rest, and, and here this woman comes. And this interaction, while the other interactions at Wells were intimacy that led to future husbands and wives, this is an intimacy that is even more powerful, that is even more incredible that we experience because it's between Jesus and another person. And all of us are invited into that experience, which is really incredible. It's an, it's an eternal intimacy that's about to, to take place at yeah. this well. Yeah, and so where Jesus is asking this, this woman for water, she can give him a drink, he can give her the living water. Um, where Jesus desires for her to go and be a witness of what has taken place, she desires the invitation to new life. And she desires to be known by a man who does not want sexual relations from her. And that is an incredible gift that Jesus gives us. To know and be known is one of the most intimate ways we can experience relationship with one another. And that is exactly what Jesus is doing. Um, intimacy, as we see in the Bible, has taken place around a well. And while we may not go to wells today to, to draw our own water, some people still do, but we don't we typically go to the faucet in our kitchen, right? Um, there are so many ways to experience the living water that Jesus gives us. And, and in these times where um, we're gathering around our computer screens, as we worship with one another, that is a means of grace. And so where we may be struggling with what do I do to connect, let me encourage every one of us to be in prayer, to be engaging in the means of grace, um, because that is where intimacy is found with our Father in Heaven and with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I love this idea that Jesus is running not from but two. Yeah. There, there's this, it's a distinct difference. It is. Jesus is literally running to make sure that the one person who desperately needs to know that God has loved them and God is with them has that. The commentaries we've been reading as we've been in our year of Jesus through <laughs> you Matthew. Mean, you mean the Bruder commentary? The commentary, yes. It's the singular yeah. commentary. It's singular, two yeah. books, though. But, but, so the one in John, his commentary on John talks about it's the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And even though we haven't gotten to Acts where the Holy Spirit comes down on people. The Holy Spirit is still very much a part of the Trinity and is urging. And so it's the Holy Spirit urging her to go to this particular well. There were other wells she could have gone to. Our archaeology sources show us that she passed a few on the way. because, And, and Chad's going to get to why that could have been. But that was the well she went to. And that's where Jesus was. I love that she meets Jesus there, right? God and man. Because uh, it brings together what I think all these other well stories have had, which is God telling that man to go to this water and find that woman. And there's a, a man and God and woman involved in here. This woman meets God and man. Uh, and, um, and the way she meets him, I think, is incredible. For me, the question was, have I been misreading this text my whole life? Um, I heard a speaker talk at Wheaton last year about uh, that when we tend to make the woman the bad person... Uh, we have we have misread this text from the beginning, that uh, we call her the sinner and her the bad one, and uh, we conflate it with the go no sin no more. We, Jesus never tells her to go sin no more. Um, I wonder what it looks like for us to read this text with her being the victim, with six men who have treated her terribly, with people continually using her as an object and treating her as less than, creating a shame that the community now puts on her even though it's these men's fault, uh, creating a shame that forces her 
uh, past even the other wells where the other women would be, past uh, getting water when the other women would get water. Um, what if we read that as the lens of understanding her and her meeting Jesus and being known by Jesus? Um, I mean, she comes and uh, in seemingly a quick passage, he tells her everything about herself, right? Um, and she says, I, she, she leaves different. This woman who uh, has been pushed aside by men and by her community leaves and now goes seemingly back as an authority, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, nothing has changed in her except a, an encounter at a well with someone who says, I know you and I love you anyway. And now all of a sudden she goes back and everybody wants to listen to her. I mean, that, that, that's amazing. You know, they don't have to go see Jesus. They, they yeah. do. Right. But the text says because of her testimony, they believe. Yeah. I mean, in a week where uh, things have been crazy, what does it look like to meet Jesus at the well and go be different? I was eating breakfast with our friends, uh, Jason and Lisa Meyer, yesterday morning. Uh, and he told me that uh, the most common fallacy in reading this story is to think we're Jesus uh, and that we're talking about that Samaritan woman over there. He said, we need to put ourselves in her seat, um, that we need to be the person who has been uh, pushed to the edge and treated terribly, that has been beat up by sin and by shame and who meets the God man at the well. Um, and I have needed that word even in the last 24 hours as I think, what is going on? Uh, yesterday, Felsha said that her message to her church is, go to the well this week. And, you know, this isn't an obvious text for a crazy week, is it? But the lectionary gave us this. And um, I wonder what it, what it looks like for us to draw on those means of grace, to go to the well, to be known by, uh, by God. Of all the weeks that we desperately need to know that, that God still is concerned, that God still is meeting us wherever we are. It, it's got to be this week. And it's not only us within the walls of the church, but it is especially important for those outside the walls of the church to know that, that this God is running towards us. Yeah. We were going to see a couple weeks the, the, the story of the, of the prodigal son. And, and one of the, the great moments is that the father is running towards and has laid aside everything to go and embrace, and, and that, that's what's taking place here. And then once she encounters, she goes and runs mm -hmm. to her people. Mm -hmm. And man, if there was ever a week that we need to, maybe digitally, but we need to run to people, yeah. uh, where we need to call and check on that person, we need to text that family member or friend, uh, this is a week for us to run with that message that, that Christ has met us, uh, and to go bear with other people. What a great word about our need for well experiences, for deep experiences where God's love is poured out over us. And I don't see any other way to make it through, whether it's this day or the next week or more, without us really investing in the means of grace. And we can do that right where we are, and we can do that together. The prayer that we have for all of you who are watching and listening and are looking for a word is that God has always been with us. God has turned and is running towards us. Will we open our hearts and to receive the love that he wants to pour forth upon us? If so, it'll change us and it will change everyone around us, including all the folks who are living in states of anxiety and fear. Amen. And amen. amen.
Thanks be to God. Would you join us in prayer? Lord, we are grateful you're always there, always meeting us, that you are willing to set aside. You're willing to set aside all things to show up in our lives at the right time. Lord, we need you as we always have needed you to show up, to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, to lower the level of anxiety that we have, to restore a sense of calm and peace that you are in control, for you are. We give you all these, our praise, our honor, and we look to you in all things, the one who runs and meets us right where we are. For it is in your name we pray. Amen and amen.